to the book of 2 Chronicles, and our text this evening is in chapter 36 of 2 Chronicles, beginning in verse 1 down through verse 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 36. Verses 1 through 16. Hear now the word of the living God. The people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. Then the king of Egypt deposed him, in Jerusalem and laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took Jehoahaz his brother and carried him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound him in chains to take him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried part of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his palace in Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and the abominations that he did and what was found against him, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. In the spring of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar sent and brought him to Babylon with the precious vessels of the house of the Lord and made his brother Zedekiah king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the officers of the priests and the people likewise were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion 
on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. Lord, we beg that you would come now by your blessed spirit, and as we read these accounts, that you would proclaim the message of life and hope to us, that, Lord, we would learn from the examples of these foolish and wicked men and the foolish and wicked people who followed these wicked leaders, and that we would be those who are even more determined, we who know you and love you, Lord Jesus, that we will stand and live under the banner of King Jesus with renewed commitment to follow you because of the example of these men. Lord God, that if there be any listening who are apart from you, that, Lord, you would awaken them to see the reality that you reign over the nations of the world and over individuals. And you, Lord Jesus, are the only Savior. And that only in you, only as we repent and believe in you, is there life and blessing and hope and a future for any of us. In Jesus we pray, amen. If you'll all also turn with me over to the book of Second Kings, I thought it would be helpful for us to begin by reading in Second Kings. And we have additional information that is recorded for us about these historical events. And so if uh, you'll turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 23, uh, beginning in verse 31. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. And Pharaoh Necho put him in bonds at Riblah in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem, and laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim the son of Josiah in the place of Josiah's father and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoahaz away, and he came to Egypt and died there. And Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give the money according to the command of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and the gold of the people of the land from everyone according to his assessment to give it to Pharaoh Necho. 
Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebida, the daughter of Pediah of Rumah. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldeans and bands of the Syrians and bands of the Moabites and bands of the Ammonites and sent them against Judah to destroy it according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by his servants, the prophets. Surely this came upon Judah at the command of the Lord to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh according to all that he had done, and also for the innocent blood that he had shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers, and Jehoiachin his son reigned in his place. And the king of Egypt did not come again in, uh, out of his land, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt, from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Nehushtah the daughter of El Nathan of Jerusalem. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. At that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up to Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to the city while his servants were besieging it. And Jehoiachin the king of Judah gave himself up to the king of Babylon, himself and his mother and his servants and his officials and his palace officials. The king of Babylon took him prisoner in the eighth year of his reign and carried off all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold in the temple of the Lord which Solomon, king of Israel, had made. As the Lord had foretold, he carried away all Jerusalem and all the officials and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and the smiths. None remained except the poorest people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiachin to Babylon, the king's mother, the king's wives, his officials, and the chief men of the land he took into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon all the men of valor, 7,000, and the craftsmen and the metal workers, 1,000, all of them strong and fit for war. And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old. 
when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that he cast them out from his presence. And Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Well, we'll stop there uh, with the account. Back in 2 Chronicles 36, we see the emphasis uh, that these succeeding kings now, after King Josiah had died, all of these men sadly did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now you might ask and think to yourself, how could this be? Uh, that a man with uh, such an incredible testimony throughout uh, the bulk of his life, like King Josiah, could have sons and grandsons that were so foolish, so wicked. Well, apart from the grace of God, that's what would happen to every single one of us. If you grew up in a Christian home, take note. Just growing up in a Christian home doesn't get you to heaven. You must be repenting yourself of your sins and believing in Jesus. We do not know whether King Josiah was so busy with the affairs of state that he neglected to instruct and teach his own sons and grandsons or whether he did but they refused to heed. Scripture does not tell us. But one of the things we need to learn from this is that every generation needs to take to heart the gospel, or horrifying things will happen. The scriptures are full of instructions that both parents and children have a duty and responsibility to seek the face of God. Parents are called upon to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that the Word of God is to be written upon our heart, and that we are to be diligently, day in and day out, teaching our children and grandchildren with a view that they also would embrace our Lord Jesus and love him and learn of him and follow him that they too might have life. In Ephesians chapter 6, we read in verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
It is the duty of mamas and daddies to be teaching by example and by precept the way of the Lord, the gospel itself, and then the application of that gospel to every facet of life. And it is the duty of children and grandchildren to listen and take to heart all of these lessons of life, focusing on Jesus himself and then learning to follow him in everyday life. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, we read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. It is the responsibility of parents to teach and of children to listen and embrace and learn. We see this all through Holy Scripture. And what happened between King Josiah and his sons and grandsons, Scripture does not record for us. But what we see is there was a horrifying breakdown in the passing on of the torch of the gospel from one generation to the next to the next. And it had horrifying results. We see in Second Chronicles that these descendants of this mighty man of God, King Josiah, either did not hear because he had failed to teach and instruct, or they refused to listen if he did, or a combination of both. What we do know is that these men did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And if you look down in verse 15 of our text, here we see the heart of the matter. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them. All of these men, there were prophets that God sent. The prominent of those prophets was a man by the name of Jeremiah. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to go and look at some of the passages that are recorded for us in the book of Jeremiah that explicitly make reference to some of the events that happened in these days. And here is the summary. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently over and over to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. And what was the response? It was in verse 16, but they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until... There was no remedy. Here we have the sad heart of the matter. 
What King Josiah was doing, we are not told, but we are told that the Lord had sent a witness of the gospel, powerful, public proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there was a wholesale rejection and mocking of the word of God, of the message of life and salvation that God in his compassion had sent. We could go over to the book of Ezekiel and look at many examples, but we're only going to look at a couple of chapters of this response. Turn with me, first of all, to Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18. And Ezekiel now is looking back uh, at this time and during the exile. And if you'll look in verse 1 of Ezekiel 18, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Egypt? Israel, the fathers had eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. Uh, the, the father, uh, hear this proverb, they said, the fathers have eaten sour grapes. And the children's teeth are set on edge. Behold, all souls of mine, the soul of the father as well as the soul of the mind, uh, the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, if he does not eat upon the mountains or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife, or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity, does not oppress anyone, but restores to the debtor his pledge, commits no robbery, gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with a garment, does not lend at interest or take any profit, withholds his hand from injustice, executes true justice between man and man, walks in my statutes, and keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. He shall surely live, declares the Lord God. If he fathers a son who is violent, a shedder of blood who does any of these things, though he himself did none of these things, even who even eats upon the mountains, defiles his neighbor's wife, oppresses the poor and needy, commits robbery, does not restore the pledge, lifts up his eyes to idols, commits abomination, lends it interest, and takes profit, shall he then live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations. He shall surely die. His blood shall be upon himself. Now suppose this man fathers a son who sees all the sins that his father has done. He sees and does not do likewise. He does not eat upon the mountains or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife, does not oppress anyone, exacts no pledge, commits no robbery, but gives his bread to the hungry 
and covers the naked with a garment, withholds his hand from iniquity, takes no interest or profit, obeys my rules and walks in my statutes. He shall not die for his father's iniquity. He shall surely live. As for his father, because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, did what is not good among his people, behold, he shall die for his iniquity. Yet you say, why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father? When the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe all my statutes, he shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. But if a wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed, and keeps all my statutes, and does what is just and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions that he has committed shall be remembered against him. For the righteousness that he has done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? But when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice and does the same abominations that the wicked person does, shall he live? None of the righteous deeds that he has done shall be remembered for the treachery of which he is guilty and the sin he has committed. For them he shall die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is, not, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness, he is committed and does what is just and right. He shall save his life because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? And therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel. Everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. And so here we have now this passage that reminds us uh, Ezekiel is looking back on this period of time. And he says, Here, here's what we need to learn from this. Uh, uh, that if you have a righteous father, and if you think you can ride his coattails to heaven, you're wrong. Uh, if you have uh, a wicked father, uh, and you seek the face of the Lord Jesus and bring forth fruit in keeping uh, with a new heart and a new spirit, you will live. Well, back to Second Chronicles 36, 
these sons of Josiah and these grandsons, they refused to listen to the message of life. Not only do we see in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the command was given in chapter 6. If you'll turn there with me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery." It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve. And by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods. The gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you. And he destroy you from off the face of the earth. Every generation needs to heed the gospel. And so as we think about uh, what is unfolding in 2 Chronicles 36, how are things going for these sons that are turning away uh, to uh, false gods? They're turning their back on the gospel, on the true and the living God. And how are things going for them? Well, we see disaster after disaster unfolding, and yet they continue to persist in unbelief. Turn back with me in the book of Genesis to chapter 18. We have a reference to Abraham in Deuteronomy 6. This wasn't a new thing. In Genesis 18, verse 19, the Lord said to Abraham, for I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. This is the pattern all through Holy Scripture of parents Showing and telling our children and grandchildren about Jesus and his paths. And it is not only the duty of parents to be showing and telling of Jesus, but it is the duty. It is God's call to you children to listen and to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ that you might have your sins forgiven and have life in Jesus. In Psalm 78, we 
are reminded of this pattern that God has established. Turn with me to Psalm 78. A mascal of Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them. The children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children. How many generations are in view here? Well, you're telling your own children so that they would arise and tell to their children so that they would arise and tell to children who haven't even been born the mighty deeds of God. And what is it that they are to tell? Verse 7, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. And the rest of this psalm is illustration after illustration from the people of God in the old covenant of covenant breakers and the consequences. It's not a pretty picture. And that's what we see unfolding in 2 Chronicles chapter 36. Unbelief yields a bitter fruit. Turn with me to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. And here's another passage that impresses upon us the duty of parents to be showing and telling their children of Jesus and of children to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him. A song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. But tragically, what we see in 2 Chronicles 36 are these sons and grandsons of this great man refusing to heed the message of life and hope and they refuse to embrace the Lord Jesus. And they refuse to tell to the generation to come. And it ended in horrifying disaster. And so it will be for us if we do not heed this message. We need to embrace the Lord Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible. Not just any Jesus will do. 
And as we saw this morning in Galatians chapter 1, there's really only one real gospel. And there's really only one real Jesus. And that's the Jesus of the Bible. It's not the so-called make-believe gospel and make-believe Jesus that is being peddled uh, by the ear ticklers all throughout our land. We see the results of unbelief in Europe. Europe is about 20 to 30 years ahead of us. Uh, ahead, not meaning that they are doing better, uh, but the time frame of what happens. And we see that the church buildings throughout Europe are largely what? Empty. And they are being taken over by Islam. They are being used as theaters, as uh, uh, anything but places for God's people to worship. How are things going for the folks? Well, 2 Chronicles 36 gives us a little glimpse, and you can just project how are things going in this country. The turmoil, the chaos, the economic distress, the moral fabric falling apart before our very eyes is all a result, a direct result, from people turning away from the Lord Jesus. And how will we fix this? Well, we cannot in and of ourselves, but we have a Savior who takes no delight in the death of the wicked. And the message of the Bible is to repent and turn to Jesus and he will forgive. God calls upon us as individuals to stand as Joshua in chapter 24. And turn there with me. Joshua chapter 24. Uh, Joshua is an old man. And this is his last sermon. And as he leaves the scene, he presses upon the people in his day this same message. Embrace the Christ. Do not give your ear or your heart to the false gods. These false gods cannot save. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and God had raised up Moses and rescued his people from being slaves. God had brought them now to the promised land and had given them the land. And Joshua concludes now the history in verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the call 
that we need to hear and heed and understand. We take our stand, and the Lord calls upon us to be those who understand that we are teaching not just by precept. We are to be reading the scriptures in our homes. We are to be instructing our children and grandchildren. We are to be teaching them in uh, formal education how to think biblically. Uh, we are to be showing them what Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, but also by our example. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the apostle Paul wanted his children, who were his spiritual children, to learn of his ways. And he couldn't come. And so he sent his son, Timothy. And he said, Timothy will show and tell you what I have taught him. Look at 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and following. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. You see, that's what parents have the joy and privilege of doing is not just telling, but showing. Showing our children the joy of following Jesus, of serving the Lamb, of what it looks like to be a godly husband, a godly wife, to serve Jesus in the workplace, how to serve Jesus playing games, how to serve Jesus, work, play, school, civil government, every facet of life. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if we would see this country turn back from the brink of utter destruction, it will be that God has sent his spirit and stirred the hearts of his people to teach our children and show our children the glory of Jesus. May God write upon our hearts his word. How I praise God for each of you dear ones who are seeking to do this very thing. Instead of following in the footsteps of Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin and Zedekiah, we are, by the grace of God, not going to be covenant breakers. But we are going to be those who love and follow Jesus and do everything within our power to share the message and show the beauty of Jesus to our children and grandchildren. And as young people and children, we rejoice to learn of Jesus 
and to learn from our parents and grandparents and the elders all that we can before they leave the scene. We want to pick their brains. Teach me and show me all that you can about living life for the king because the day is going to come when our task will be over and the Lord will take us home. How long do we have? I don't know. But we may need to make good use of each day. Each day is a gift from God for us to be passing on the torch of the gospel and eagerly grabbing all of the nuggets of wisdom and teaching from our parents and those around us and seeking to do what we can to encourage brothers and sisters and even encourage our own parents to love Jesus more and more. As long as time exists until Jesus comes, this is the pattern that God has given. And how I praise God for you dear families seeking to do this very thing. This is mighty gospel work. This is the most important thing that you and I will ever do. Josiah either forgot that or if he didn't, his sons failed to embrace. May God deliver us from following in such a path. And may he raise up a mighty army all throughout this land of men and women and young people and children and little ones who know Jesus and yearn to live for him and to pass his glory on to succeeding generations so that we will have forgiveness and life in his name. Amen. Father, write these things upon our heart. Bless us as we sing your praise and then come to your table. In Jesus' name, amen.